I hate him. Fuck him. He's my least favorite player in the NFL. Yo, 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 what up, dogs, and welcome to the 27th episode of the Fantasy Football Dogs podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panter, and as always, I'm here with my very good friends in fantasy and in real life, Micah Burge. Hello. And Nathan McDonald. Yabba-dabba-doo. And today, we are going to be going head-to-head, duke-to-duke, mano-a-mano, in our rankings disputes, we um, gave our basically, you know, top uh, 48 wide receivers uh, and our top 32 quarterbacks, uh, which we'll be covering today in this week's episode, uh, the quarterbacks and the receivers. And uh, we ranked them and compared and found the ones that we had the biggest discrepancy in our rankings. And we are here to defend those rankings to you all today. So we're going to get into our six most controversial disputed quarterbacks and then our six most controversial wide receivers. And we actually are jam-packing the episode for you all because it's actually eight receivers uh, that we are combining. There's uh, two uh, teams that have two receivers that uh, we're going to combine into one argument. So uh, with that, guys, is there anything uh, y'all want to add or are y'all ready to get into it today? I'm ready to go. Yeah, just to clarify on the rankings, these are all startup dynasty rankings. Mm. Obviously, uh, rookies are included. And uh, this is PPR format, um, all the usual scoring. So that uh, that's how we did it. And here we go. Thank you for that clarification. Yes, these are our dynasty uh, startup rankings, uh, not redraft. Redraft, guys, we're going to be getting into in the month of August. So if you are a redraft fan, if Dynasty's not really your spiel and you've enjoyed tuning in to us, but you're like, ah, oh, really, I'm, you know, there for the redraft. Then you're missing out. <laughs> you're missing out. But also, even if you just like them both, like we all do, August is going to be redraft month. So um, anyways, getting into today's episode. Deshaun. Watson is going to be our first quarterback that we are going to dispute today. And this is going to be a two versus one dispute because Nathan and Micah have them ranked very similarly in that Micah has them ranked 12th in his dynasty startup and Nathan has them ranked 13th. Whereas I, Josiah, have them ranked all the way at number 20. So big discrepancy there. And uh, let's get into it, guys. So since y'all are the the tag team, I'll let you uh, start out with your arguments and I will rebut from there. I counter your offer and say you are the outlier here. So explain yourself, minority. Okay. All right. That's fine. All right. Well, listen, this is not me saying that I think Deshaun Watson is the 20th best quarterback at all. This is not what uh, what my ranking reflects. He's 25 years old. Uh, he finished in, as, as the top, the number five quarterback for the last three years, which is pretty interesting, um, at least in four-point uh, leagues. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I, I can't say anything about him as a player. Uh, he's super exciting to watch, one of the best players in the league. I do not believe he's going to play this year, however. And for me, 
there's, you know, 19 other quarterbacks that I really think are going to be great contributors that I'm willing to pull the trigger on. And, and, you know, look in the midst of draft, you know, I can put a ranking. I was kind of talking to Nathan about this the other day, but I can, I can put a ranking on a paper all day, but in the midst of a draft, if I won't draft him there, then I don't feel like that's a true reflection of, of the ranking. And because I don't think he's going to play this year, if there is any legal blowover that could happen, but possibly making him not play in the future or even having a suspension on top of the time that he's just going to sit out in this limbo time, uh, that's enough for me to, unless I'm going to make a team that I know is going to be a productive struggle, not going to compete right away, then yeah, Deshaun Watson is going to shoot up my boards. But I can't draft him as a as a as my number one quarterback this season. I really can't, guys. So um, I'll let you you guys uh, you know go there. And if you guys, I, I guess my my question to you would would you really draft him in that spot? Do you think if if you're on the clock and you know you have him at twelve, Micah, um, we, you can start it out. Is there after those eleven guys go? There, you really think that you'd take him there at the twelfth spot? I would. Um, I have him there right above Matt Ryan and the trio of quarterbacks that went after Trevor Lawrence, um, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and then Justin Fields. And the reason I'm going to take Deshaun Watson over them is for the fact that Deshaun Watson has proven to be a top five quarterback in the NFL. He has the talent. He this has been a strange situation that he is in, but I fully believe at worst he's going to miss one full season and injuries can happen. He already tore his ACL and missed what I think he only played five or six games his rookie year. Um, so I mean, any it could happen to any of these rookie quarterbacks in their first couple seasons. They can end up getting injured and missing a year. So I mean, this can happen to anyone missing a full season. So I don't see why that should make Deshaun Watson be so low, whether it's this season or the following season. It's more likely going to be one of these two years. I'm going to take Deshaun Watson over everyone else because if I knew for sure he was going to play or thought he was going to play and didn't think the suspension would happen, I'd probably have him ranked seven or eight still just with the possibility that can happening. But I think something is going to happen and he will miss the season. And I would rather have him have take that year, you know, tank it, do whatever, but still going forward, you're going to have Deshaun Watson. So I don't think that this should hurt him, and that's why I have him at number 12. Uh, yeah, and before I offer anything, Josiah, how much time do you think Deshaun Watson is going to miss? I, I have no belief at all that he's going to play this season. So, you, Micah, you said that's the maximum – I, I think that's the. Middle. I think he's either going to miss this season or the 2022 season. One of these next two seasons, he's going to miss. Right, and I know this is dynasty, and we're playing for the long haul. And if if you guys will pull the trigger and wait for however long that takes, I get it. I just, for me, I'm not willing to do that in these situations. I may, I'm, I'm risk it burst when it, I really want to nail my quarterback. That's part of the inherent part of the way I draft. So. It, it, uh, it worries me, you know, and, and if this did, I mean, this really isn't, you know, I don't want to get too much into the, the legal situation, but it doesn't look like great <laughs> as far as, I mean, I don't know about the actual hard evidence, but uh, just the sheer numbers don't look great. So, um, you know, I, I, I just, 
Um, I have concerns about the situation, uh, and and it, it it scares me off. And there's there's 19 guys that I feel like can. can okay, so do you think like the max is going to be two games or two years that he misses? Probably. That's probably fair. Yeah. Okay, and you have Matt Ryan ranked ahead of him, who is 11 years older than Deshaun Watson. So say he misses two years, you're still netting nine years over a guy you have ranked above him. And let's be honest, Matt Ryan doesn't have the upside that Deshaun Watson does. So I kind of wonder how you justify that. Well, if I'm if I'm making two grand because I won the league two years because I have an active quarterback that was a, a top uh, you know, if I have a win now team for me, Deshaun Watson is a team that I'm uh, is a player that I'm staying away okay. from. Okay, team. And if and you I, are going in, if you I, are going in full like, win way. now, Josiah, I agree with you. I can kind of see where you're getting at with ranking him there, because also you shouldn't be taking Deshaun as your quarterback one. You need to lock up one of these other guys first, and then if you can get Deshaun as your QB two. But even so, there's guys well, right now at twenty. But, you but might end up drafting your as ranking your QB doesn't two. Ref- you're, you're, but you I mean, you have him like QB 12, Micah, so that's so – uh, You have him ranked – Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is if you already missed out on the top 11 guys and you haven't drafted a quarterback, I'm going to go ahead and take Deshaun and take one of these other guys, and eventually Deshaun will be my QB 1 and they'll be my QB 2. But I would be hoping to snag one of the top 10 guys that I really want and then getting Deshaun as my QB 2 and maybe getting like a Ryan Fitzpatrick or someone later on to fill in the time if Deshaun misses time. Because that's once Deshaun that's comes great, back, that's a great strategy. Certainly, you know, I just uh, uh, Nathan, do you do you have anything to add? Uh, I feel like you. Yeah, I mean, I I think at most he's probably going to miss the miss a year, um, but like it's a civil case. He's probably like he's going to play football again. He's a superstar, and the NFL is going to bring back a superstar. So, um, and I think when he does come back, he's going to come back with a vengeance. He's a fantastic player. So, uh, you know, I hate what happened. I, you know, I, I don't want to think worse of him, but, um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's just a numbers game for me and he's still very young and he has a lot of football left. So that's why I have him ranked as my number one QB two QB 13 overall. Yeah, no, and that's fair. And if you guys would, would really draft him there, you know, and I think a lot of people would, so I don't think you're crazy. Just, you know, in my rankings, these are, these are, you know, what I would do. And I, I, I can't say that I would draft them anywhere near a quarterback one, uh, even high end quarterback two ranking. But that being said, you know, I'm going to, I'm sure I'm going to regret it when in two years or however long a year, whenever he's, uh, you know, back to being a top, top five quarterback. So, um, all right, we're going to move on to our second quarterback here. And that is Trey Lance. And uh, so our rankings are as follows. I have him ranked the highest. I'm the high guy at quarterback 11. Uh, Micah has him ranked as quarterback 15. And Nathan is the outlier here, having him ranked all the way down at 25, which is ridiculous. And I just want to add the caveat that Jimmy Garoppolo is 27 for him. So he thinks that that he he would draft Jimmy Garoppolo around the spot where he drafted Trey Lance. Defend that, Nathan. You made me go first when I was the outlier, so you are now the outlier. We know you didn't like Trey Lance's film, but quarterback yeah. 25 for the future quarterback of of this of the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Name me uh, one QB who played one season in the FCS and ended up being a good NFL QB. Carson Wentz. 
played one season, started one season. Oh, in okay. I, 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 I misunderstood your question. Yeah, no. I mean, it, yeah, okay. It's a red so, shirt in the FCS. Like, because something's not been done before, it can't be done. Is your, is your I agree. I agree. But he also had to red shirt because he wasn't good enough to start as a freshman in the FCS, which if he's an NFL mm. talent, I don't like to see. Mm. And like I said, like you said, I didn't like his film. I don't think he's a great passer. I think he has a long way to go in that regard. And uh, the truth is you win games through the air in the NFL. I mean, even Lamar has had to learn to win games through the air. Kyler Murray has said that like, he's not going to rush as much uh, going forward because um, just running, he said, needs to be a luxury going forward for him because it's taken a toll on his body. And he felt like he was having to carry the team and he should be doing more for, uh, throwing with his arm than running with his legs. So, and that happens with a lot of these rushing guys as they go on through their careers, they rush less and less. I mean, it happened to Donovan McNabb, Steve McNair, happened to Cam Newton. Um, they tend to rush less as their careers go on. But, uh, but I digress. The point being is you have to be able to win through the NFL, win through the air in the NFL. And I think he has a long way to go to prove that he can do that. He, there hasn't been a prospect as raw as him be selected that high and like be a starter in the NFL in really ever. So um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much my argument. Okay. So my question is, and you might make the argument that, that uh, you know, Lamar is way better than, than him at rushing or whatever the, the but um, like, would you have ranked Lamar this low coming out because he couldn't, he couldn't, hadn't proved that he could win through the oh. first started. No, Lamar threw for like over three thousand passing yards, right. against, oh, like Division that. One. He he was a much better passer, and I'm he not, won the Heisman. Sorry, I wasn't necessarily saying out of college, but I, you know, his first six games or whenever he took over for Flacco at the end of the he he was averaging like hundred and twenty yards passing a game. So is that? But he was putting up fantastic fantasy stats. So so I, I guess but, I just don't but Lamar that. was like on a whole different level as a prospect than Lance. And he was on a whole different level as a rusher. Like their best years in college, Lamar averaged almost twice as many rushing yards per game. And he averaged 110 more passing yards per game while doing it. Like it's not even close. And, and Lance was playing against FCS guys on a stacked team. Lamar was playing against FSU against Derwin James and Jalen Ramsey. Like, it's not even close, like him and Lamar coming out. Well, and I agree it's not, but I still, like, dude, you're so low on Trey Lance, and it's one thing I'm sure you're going to be wrong about, and I have him at 15. He's grouped in there with Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields, and I honestly think one of those three guys is probably going to be a superstar in this league, and the other two are either going to fizzle out or just be decent quarterbacks. But, dude, honestly, Trey Lance could end up being the best out of them three. That's why I have him just above Justin Fields, and I feel like Zach Wilson's probably going to be the best, and that's why I have him right above him. But, dude, Trey Lance is right there with these guys. And But here's the main thing with Trey Lance, dude. He went to the best situation. He went to Kyle Shanahan, where he's going to have George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. He's going to have this, like, slew of running backs, a good O-line they just built up. And, dude, he went to, like, the best situation he could have possibly walked into. And, and I think he, he's, 
it's it's gonna be tough, but I mean, right now it's tough. In two years, who knows what's gonna happen? We don't know. If Russ ends up leaving the Seahawks, and the Seahawks go to shit. Yeah. We don't know if the Cards like end up having just terrible defenses and can't figure out a coach. We don't know what's gonna happen. But I do think that Trey Lance is going to like at worst probably. I don't think he's gonna flame out the way you think he will. I think he could end up being like a QB two maybe like a fringe QB three at worst, but I still think he makes it to a second contract with the 49ers. And I think that's saying a lot. That usually means a organization is honed in on a quarterback and wanted to move forward with him. They give him the second contract, which I think he'll get. All right. Uh, I'll defend my ranking of Trey Lance now. Um, I think he's going to be an absolute star. I have him ranked as a quarterback one. Uh, I understand he, he's probably not going to start right away. Um, you know, clearly, uh, you know, you need to grab uh, two other starting quarterbacks if he's on your team. But in, in the way I draft, I'm going to do that anyways. Um, he already has the day he steps on the field, whatever day that is, which I think will probably be by week four or five. Uh, Nathan disagrees with me, but that's what I'm drafting and, and thinking is going to happen. Uh, he has elite weapons from day one. He has Brandon Ayuk. He has Debo Samuel. He has uh, uh, George Kittle. And uh, all your rankings of these players, as, as, as we'll get into in, uh, in the future here, um, reflects these players ranked very highly. And I wonder how these players are going to be ranked so very highly when the number three pick overall is going to be so bad. Uh, but I mean, I trust Shanahan more than most coaches in the NFL. And I think if you would have asked Nathan before they drafted Trey Lance, he would have agreed with you. Um, but, uh, you know, Garoppolo being ranked, I mean, I think Garoppolo is going to go to another team after he gets replaced by Trey Lance and be good. Like, how long do you think Garoppolo is going to last? Like Garoppolo being ranked two spots later is, is, is. You, you I don't you think Garoppolo is a top 32 quarterback. The no, guy who led the 49ers to a Super Bowl? I, I, I don't think he's going to have a team to play for after he gets replaced by Trey Lance. Is, is, is So, no, I don't think he's somebody I'm looking to draft. Um, and Same and here. the fantasy community actually agrees with that. He's not generally ranked in the top 32. Oh, good for them. Um, the Jalen Hurts, for me, you mentioned not being able to win for the air. This is Trey Lance's floor. Jalen Hurts is Trey Lance's floor. We <laughs> saw what, we saw what Trey, uh, Jalen Hurts did in the four games that he played and how he won people fantasy championships and Trey Lance, that is his floor in fantasy, whether or not he wins games or whether or not they win championships. I can't tell you, Nathan, but he is, he is as good or better as a passer than, than Jalen hurts right now. What? And when he steps on the Dude, field, Jalen hurts threw for almost 4,000 yards in a season in college. What are yeah, you with talking about? Some of about? the best athletes in the world Ag against division one athletes. He what wasn't I'm saying playing is against the, way, the way he plays Dude. on the field is going to be very similar. And Jalen Hurts's fantasy ceiling coming out, stepping on the field when nobody thought he was going to do that. That's what these incredible athletes and can do even if they aren't the most accurate passers. Micah, go ahead. And, and you know what Trey Lance has on Jalen Hurts is that Trey Lance nice. just got picked number three overall, and they traded three yes. first-round picks for him, where there's reports of Deshaun Watson possibly going to the Eagles. So, like, Jalen Hurts' job security isn't filled where I think Trey Lance is – dude, especially with how stubborn Kyle Shanahan is, the reason why we lost the fucking Super Bowl is because he's the most stubborn motherfucker on the face of the planet. He is going to want to prove at all costs that Trey Lance was the right pick, especially if Justin Fields does good. He's going to oh, – dude, Trey Lance is going to have such a long leash, which I think is really going to help his development. 
All right. Well, if you got anything to add, Nathan, go ahead. If not, we can move on to our third quarterback here. Uh, I, I have something to talk about as far as uh, dual threat quarterbacks and how overrated they are. And that kind of goes into this argument, but I will save it for another quarterback coming up. All right. Sounds good. All right. So number three, the next quarterback that we are going to talk about is Mr. Matty Ice, Matt Ryan. And this is somebody that I am very surprised. Uh, we actually kind of have a gradation here. We have a high guy in uh, Micah uh, being ranking him at 13. Uh, I have him ranked at 17. And uh, Nathan has him ranked at 22, which is uh, surprising to me. So um, why don't we let the high guy start out here, Micah, and you get into why you have uh, Matt Ryan, who is age 36, as, uh, as Nathan mentioned earlier, uh, ranked as a borderline number one quarterback in Dynasty? Um, I would like to bring to the floor a question uh, specifically for Nathan. Nathan, why did you rank Matt Ryan number 22, but you took him at 512, then you ranked Kirk Cousins at 21, when you could have drafted him and he went around later. Then you have Derek Carr at 18, who went almost two rounds after Matt Ryan. But you mm-hmm. still put good draft capital into Matt Ryan being your quarterback, too, but didn't take one of those guys. This was like two what? months. Did something, did this happen? Did this, like, what made the Julio leaving really no, dude, make you drop Matt Ryan that much? He's in the same tier as all those guys. Like, I feel like all of them are in the same damn bracket. Like, him, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins. And, like, maybe this is my long ball ranking of taking younger guys earlier and projecting more because Matt Ryan is 36 years old. And mm-hmm. yeah, but I could easily have him up at the 17th spot just as easily as I could. 20. Okay. So okay. It's I wanted to make sure that was the case. Hey, real yeah. quick, real quick, Nathan. Okay. Uh, so I do have him ranked at 17. So just starting from 17, I just want to hear who you have ranked above him. I'd like to mm-hmm. hear, please. What's that? If you could start just – I have him ranked as 17 as well, so I agree that's a reasonable ranking. It's obviously the best and, and truest ranking of Matt Ryan. Uh, but who who are the people that you have ranked uh, up, up from 17 to 22 above him? Uh, I mean, like 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 I said, the same guys in that bracket is like Derek Carr, Tua, Baker, Kirk Cousins, uh, Jalen Hurts. Like those. those are all people ranked ranked above him for you. Yeah, but like I said, they're all in the same. Like, okay, I, tier, right? I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's some names I don't agree with. There's some names I do. Um, I you know, so I'll I'll get in. So I don't know, Micah, you didn't really give your your argument for 13 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, let, so, let me so, explain. Yeah, um, I, I really. I really think Arthur Smith's about to revitalize his career. I know Julio's gone, but you've got Kyle Pitts, who I think is going to come out the box just incredible with a great rookie year and just for so long. Calvin Ridley as your wide receiver one is great. Hayden Hurst as a tight end two, and they're going to use that whenever they line Kyle Pitts up outside or in the slot. And then after that, Russell Gage, um, Alameda Zacchaeus, Frank Darby, um, I think those guys are – excellent athletes who are going to be able to step up and play. So with this new offensive scheme and new offensive linemen and another year of development, especially with Arthur Smith and a full off season, I really think it can help this team get like the monkey off of their back of the Super Bowl. And I think Matt Ryan's going to be the leader of that. 
and he's he wants to ring you know he wants to ring so bad so i don't think he's just going to be one of those quarterbacks he's going to give up easily he's going to push himself until he can't anymore and they have so much money lined up in him especially the next two years guaranteed he's going to be the starter i think worst case scenario they draft a guy in next year's draft and let him develop a year under matt ryan because i think they're going to do that whenever so whenever they take a quarterback just expect that next season to be the last year of Matt Ryan, but then I could see him getting traded to a team like maybe the Colts if Carson Wentz and Eason don't, don't work out in a couple of years. Like if the Wentz thing just blows up in their face, I can and see Matt Ryan getting traded there. Micah, I think part of the reason you and I have a difference is you've talked about before how you project he might play till he's like 42 or, you know, kind of do mm-hmm. thing. Um, my thing about that is like – They could. Yeah, that's like um, – yeah, it's just like Brady is kind of a one in a million and takes care of his body like no other, and he's kind of the first to ever do this. So until – I just, like, haven't seen enough people do that to where I can project Matt Ryan's going to last that long. It's, well, I just think he's at least given you three great seasons with Arthur Smith, two at the worst, and then possibly still playing another year or two at the worst. So I think he's definitely going to play for at least four more seasons and at least hit 40. I don't know if he's going to go past that. I think he could. But I think he's definitely giving you four seasons and I think three great seasons. And if I'm going to get that, it's my, that's why I have him right up there. Um, if he, if you just miss out on the top guys, but ideally get him as a quarterback too, that's really solid because you play fantasy, I've always said, for the next five years. And three years is a chunk of that. Get some other guys, develop a quarterback, and or take some flyers on some guys and see which one works out. So um, I think Matt Ryan, that's why I have him so ranked because I think he's great for winning championships. All right, so I'm in the middle of these guys. Um, you know, I don't know that either of their ranking is super egregious. Uh, I'm slightly closer just in number to Micah's ranking, but I think it's, it's uh, you know, um, he's definitely a solid quarterback too, no matter which way you see it. Um, I do, I mean, they restructured his contract this year. It's clear that he's going to be there for the next two seasons. So I do agree, Micah, I am drafting him with confidence in the next two seasons. I'm hoping for three to four with the Falcons. If that, and that course, that's in telling he plays well during that time. But uh, if not, I'll be begging them to give him the boot. But um, yeah, with that being said, I do agree. He's he he did lose Julio, and he has uh, not played as well without Julio in the past. Um, however, uh, they did add Kyle Pitts, who is obviously a generational athlete. We all would say that. Um, I do just want to say to to give a little bit of heat to you, uh, Nathan. Um, this is, is in his um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 seasons. Uh, these are his fantasy finishes in, in, in four-point leagues. Uh, last year was 12. The year before that, 10. Then quarterback, 2, 15, 2, 20, 7, 12, 6, 7, 7, 15. So he's only finished outside of the top 12 twice in his career. And so, uh, you know, I do think that if, if he's yeah, going to he, redraft, he's going to be a low end QB one for me, but right. Right. I totally agree. But I just think ranking him at 22 or ranking, obviously, I mean, he did have one, one season where he finished 20, but uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the absolute floor. And if I can expect at least his median for the next three years, that's, that's above 22 in my eyes. But that being said, I don't, I don't hate every single person you have ranked uh, above him. Uh, so I understand your arguments, and uh, if you have any more to make, go ahead. If not, we can move on. Uh, we probably spent enough time on this one. All right. Micah, you, you, you got anything to add? 
I'm good to go on to the guy who you pretty much described how I hope his career turns out. All right. Uh, so our number four quarterback we're going to be getting into is Mr. McCorkle, Michael McCorkle Jones. And that is who you all know as Mac Jones, the future quarterback of the New England Patriots. So our rankings are as follows. Nathan is the high guy at 15. Uh, uh, Micah is uh, somewhere in the middle uh, at 22, and I uh, have him ranked at 26. Which is just ridiculous. Sorry, I have to <laughs> So, yeah, we kind of have a reverse. where Around where I have uh, Trey Lance ranked is where he uh, has Mac Jones ranked and vice versa. So, um uh, and, and Mike is, like I said, at 22. So, uh, yeah, if you want, um, I can start, since I'm the low guy, I can start out if you want, unless you'd, you'd like to, to go, Nathan. You, you volunteer yourself as tribute. All right. All right. So here's the thing. I think that he probably will be one day a decent quarterback, but I think it's going to be a minute until that happens. And, I'm not sure if he ever has the upside to be a fantasy difference maker. Um, his offense, as it stands right now, is wholly unimpressive. Now, is it better than it was last year? Absolutely. Was last year one of the worst offenses I've ever seen in the history of ever? Absolutely. So, you know, if you're better than the worst, that's great, but you're still not as good as any other team in the NFL pretty much when it comes to a pass catcher option. Uh, this guy had three – I mean, uh, you know, he had – uh, Judy, he had, or, 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 yeah, or, or no, sorry, not Judy. I'm sorry. He had, um, uh, Waddle. He had a uh, Devonte Smith, uh, he had Waddle he, for five games. Well, he, he had him is all I'm saying. And obviously throughout his career, he was throwing to these guys in practice and, and anytime he played and stepped on the field, uh, he, he had these guys on the field. Now his best receiver is Nelson Aguilar and Johnny Smith, who, you know, are, are decent in their own rights, but they're not really difference makers on an NFL field as far as, you know, big time stats or fantasy production. So I just don't see where you think it's going to come from. I mean, maybe you, you project in the future, the Patriots getting way, way better um, there. I think they're going to be heavily run based. He has no rushing upside. Um, and I just think he's going to have a really rough transition. And also he's not going to start right away, which I understand. I had Trey Lance uh, ranked where, where I have him and, and he's not going to start right away either. However, um, you know, all these things compounded on top of each other. Uh, I just think even if he's on the field this season, his, his, his upside is very, very low. And I don't know when that's going to get much better. Um, so so Nathan, go ahead and get into it. Yeah, I am. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> aggressive jesus yeah this is utterly ridiculous just starting out you said like he may be a decent quarterback one day does having one of the best passing seasons in college football history and culminating it with torching ohio state for 464 yards and five touchdowns with no interceptions is that not a guy that's already a good quarterback in your mind or what? In the, in the NFL, no, it doesn't prove that he's a yeah. good NFL quarterback at yeah, all. I agree. So, so no. I, you're I, the I agree. No. Sorry, sorry to disappoint your argument there. Oh, so yeah, dude, because there's tons of players who just have unreal college stats and yeah, then go I mean, in the that, NFL. That, Chase that, Daniel. Like, See, that could end up Mac Jones could end up being Chase Daniel for all we know. Just a career backup and like barely playing and just making some money. 
Like yeah, that could end up being Matt Jones. That's his floor. Chase but also his, had a, his ceiling. One of the best. Like, w- what was the best passing season Chase Daniel ever had in college football? Dude, like, his 2007 season was close. unreal. Dude, it does not come close to Mac Jones. Mac Jones threw over 4,500 yards. That was a well, different time. Matt Jones played more no, games. But this is isn't a, yeah. But no, like, one, I think he's already a great quarterback coming out of college. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. need amazing pass catchers because he has pinpoint accuracy and he puts the ball on the run all the time, which allows them to get a ton of yards after catch. That's really going to help when he's throwing to Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Uh, so like, I think he's a much better quarterback than y'all. And I think like, especially Josiah greatly overvalues rushing ability because like, that's the biggest knock on Mac Jones, but he runs a faster 40 than Patrick Mahomes. And like, dude, Justin Herbert averaged 3.7 rushing yards per game, his senior season. Like he didn't produce hardly shit in the rushing game either. And like this idea that it all comes down to rushing ability. Well, is, he had five rushing he, touchdowns and 250 okay. yards rushing. Yeah, no, <laughs> I get them. I, 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 yards okay. got. Hold on. So but, I get the fact that Matt Jones cannot rush. And I'm with you, Nathan, that it doesn't hinder him because, like I said, his ceiling is Matt Ryan. If I knew that he was going to reach Matt Ryan's ceiling of that whole – you remember that list that you ranked out, Josiah, Matt Ryan's finishes? If I know that's going to happen, I'm taking Matt Jones like number 10, maybe even number 9, if I know. And that's his ceiling. So, yeah, Nathan, you having him at 15, I don't blame you because that's around the area with other guys like Justin Fields – where it's like and I you know what their ceilings does. are and like you what your feelings are about him. But the reason the reason why is because I'm in the middle of Mac Jones of I think his ceiling is very high. I also think his floor is very low. And I'm just kind of in the field of like it's mainly just these other guys I would take over him. Like I would take golf, Tannehill, Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield. It's just the fact of these golf. other guys, like I would just I want like on my golf, team if I'm drafting. Dude. I would take golf over Mac Jones, yes. Wow. Okay, no. Well, one, I have him ranked above Fields because he's in a better situation. He's a much better passer than Fields. But do you all want to know, like, what area of quarterbacks get most of their fantasy production from rushing? Or, like, they get the most rushing production more than anybody else? It's low-end QB2s get most of their or like they get the highest percentage yeah, of rushing fantasy the game production. the game's changing though no like this the is this is the last year like pocket passers oh, were yeah. still way ahead of them like uh just wait shit's about to get crazy it's not the, it's not that it's not that i think pocket passers are bad i just defended my ranking of matt ryan i just what i'm saying is yeah. he doesn't have the options he doesn't have julio he doesn't have calvin ridley he has nobody yeah. of this of this nature nathan and so Maybe he'll get it last forever, and he has. Well, you know, the last five receivers, six receivers, the New England Patriots have drafted have been complete garbage. So, okay, are they going to get an elite option? I don't know. Does anybody want to go there? Probably not. So, I just like, do you think he's going to step on the field and be a fantasy game changer? right away how long do you think it's going to be that's that's my question I think when he steps on the field he's an immediate QB2 his rookie year throw into Nelson Aguilar yeah okay all right what Derek Carr did 
I mean, one thing. That, okay, here's yeah, the thing with he Mac was, Jones, though. He, he's like got he's got Josh McDaniels as his offensive coordinator and Belichick as his head coach. So he landed in such a tremendous spot, and they're getting Isaiah Wynn back, and they're uh, I think David Andrews is coming back as well. It's so and I, and are we completely forgetting the fact that they have Ramondre Stevenson, and he is going to be the very focal point of the offense and it will help Mac Jones and well, things. Bill Belichick basically said Damian Harris is the lead back and he's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, unless anybody has anything to add, uh, we can move on uh, to our fifth quarterback Ooh. here. And uh, is, does anybody have anything to add? I'll just go through on the like. Yeah, did you give your full defensive? Because uh, because yeah, if you have anything else, because I just don't see where the numbers are going to come from, Nate. That's that's it's not even him as a talent that I'm really. It's just I don't. I think that's one of the worst offenses in the league. Would you disagree? Well, look at Derek Carr's receiving options last year. He, he has Waller. Twelve. He has Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. I don't think either combined. of them are as good as Waller. I yeah, don't. but combined together, that's a pretty good duo. That's if two- they do a fusion ha and and combine <laughs> no, it's one player. Two, it's two people in the field. Like no, I understand. Team. I understand. No, maybe you're right. Maybe they'll have a. I mean, they will have a really one of the most most uh, potent uh, you know twelve personnel packages and. I just don't that I don't know how often that results in super elite fantasy options. But I, I mean, I the Raiders run all the time, and Derek Carr was QB twelve last year, a low end QB one. I have him as fourteen, but that that might be in four to it's six total points. points. Total points, he was QB twelve. Okay, okay, all right. Well, so um, okay, well we we can move on. Uh, number five, our fifth quarterback here is Mister Tua Tungavaloa, and. Uh, yeah, uh, the 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 rankings are as follows. Actually, me and Nate are in lockstep here, both ranking him at 19, whereas Micah is going to be the outlier here, who has him ranked at number 30. Uh, let me just be clear: he has Gardner Minshew ranked above Tua Tungavaloa. So there, we can't start anywhere before starting with you, Micah. Come on, dog. <laughs> <laughs> what's up with that okay first off before we get into this i came very close and i knew i shouldn't have and i did not do it i held back i almost put gardner Minshew above tom brady but i kept the brady fuck brady but yeah. uh, i just needed to let everyone know that and now we're going to go into tua who i just think is awful everyone who's listening if they've listened to all the episodes they know how much i don't like tua Every time Tua has been brought up, I've had nasty, bad things to say about him. I just, I don't see it. I don't think his body's going to be able to withhold um, entire NFL seasons. I think it was a bad look when he got into the games last year and looked terrible, and they had to bring Fitzpatrick in. And you have a do-or-die playoff game, and you can't win it, Tua, or get into the playoffs. Like, he had so much talent at Alabama, it was ridiculous ridiculous like i get that like matt jones has had talent around this by josiah has brought up and other people who aren't high on matt jones is because of the talent around him but Tua had even more talent he had Devonte smith jerry judy henry ruggs like all this insane the amount of talent that he had and i don't like his throwing motion he really struggled to read defenses last year and, like, and i'll give him it was his rookie years the past like not everyone comes out the gates and playing incredibly but I've had doubts about him for a long time. 
and I've just I've begun to see them. I think it's a train wreck waiting to happen. The only reason why I have him even at number 30 is the chance that I'm just wrong and he ends up being like ranked as high as like 20 or something like a QB2 and I just I don't even think he's going to be that. So I don't really want to draft him, but there would be a point I would take him, and that would be as a 30th quarterback. All right. All right. Do me a favor, Micah. Give me 25 to 29. I want to hear the four guys you have ranked above him right there. Yes. So 25, Derek Carr. 26, Carson Wentz. 27, Jameis Winston. 28, Tom Brady. And 29, Gardner Minshew. None of those guys should be – like that – in dynasty man it just it doesn't it doesn't compute i mean dude that's how like i'm this is just how like this is he's gonna get this year yeah this is my true thank you yeah this is just my trey lance like i don't see it with tua i think he sucks i just don't think he's gonna succeed and i think the dolphins will move on from him especially with all the draft picks they have and flexibility like they'll be able to trade to a real quick and get another quarterback. And they might get it with Sean Watson. So I just don't see Tua being the long-term answer. Okay. All right. Well, Nate, we have them ranked the same here at 19. Do you, do you want to get into it first or do you, do you want, want me to make my case? I mean, it would probably be similar cases, but. Yeah. I mean, I honestly didn't write down a whole lot of this, but I mean, the guy, he's a damn good passer. And he was not 100% last year. He's admitted that now. He was nowhere close to it. I think he's going to be much more, like, improved. He's going to move around a lot better this year. I just expect him to be better. I, I'm not a super high guy on two, I don't think. But uh, I, I do think he's going to be in a much better situation. Better pass catchers. Uh, it, it's looking up for him. Um, and, I, you know, I do have some concerns about his durability, but I mean, he's bigger than Kyler Murray. He's bigger than Spencer Rattler coming out. Like, you know, he's, he's six foot, 217 pounds. He's not, you know, a midget. So um, hopefully I can say that word without getting in trouble, but uh, no, he, he, I think he uh, does have a good bit of upside as a passer and he can do a little bit with his legs when he's healthy. But, um, but if you just think he's completely going to bust and not pan out, then I understand you ranking him where you do, but uh, just putting him above Gardner Minshew when two was a for sure starting quarterback this year and Gardner Minshew is going to be maybe a good backup the rest of his career. Um, I'm sure you think otherwise, but he's, 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 he's a backup. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I do have a couple things written down for Tua here. I'll give my defense. And actually, Nathan, I was surprised that we, I mean, not that I'm super high on him. I just, I see him as a very solid quarterback too. And I'm, 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 I'm glad you feel the same. Um, he really wasn't given a fair shot last year. I mean, first of all, he had a seriously unique hip injury that really did. I mean, Nathan alluded to limited his mobility, which was a big part of what he could do in college. Uh, as we saw in the, roll out bomb uh, to dash our hopes that a national championship as Georgia fans. Um, but uh, he, he really is a, he's a mobile guy. Um, I mean, he's, 
I don't think he has tons of necessarily rushing yardage upside, but he can really make plays. And I think that's going to be there this season where we didn't see it. Um, we're getting reports that uh, Flores is really having him push it downfield and practice and really making him take chances. There was reports of one game where he threw, I think five interceptions. It was storming outside and everything. And the whole point of the practice was bombs downfield. So this was kind of blown out on, on fantasy Twitter. People were like, he threw five picks. He's bad. Yeah. But what I saw out of this is Brian Flores, Flores is really trying to make him start getting the ball downfield. And clearly the receivers they brought on this year and Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle are going to be fantastic uh, downfield and in Jalen Waddle's case, uh, short in space uh, uh, options. And so I really think he's going to have a much more potent offense. They still have Devontae Parker and Mike Gesicki, who they were, who were his top two options. And you just added two, in my opinion, better options than both of those players. So um, you know, I think I think that it's really going to move up uh, for Tua, and I do think he's going to be the franchise quarterback for the Dolphins. I do think maybe his fantasy upside is limited. Um, they have a really good defense. Um, I think the, the the point of their they're going to be trying to play uh, possession, uh, so I can definitely see him ranked lower, and that's why he's at 19 for me. That's why uh, guys like um, oh, let's see here, uh, Matt Ryan, Zach Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers are three guys that I have ranked above him. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, there's, but he's in that range for me. And if you took him above any of those guys, I mean, you nor, not normally Rogers, but with the current situation, I, I wouldn't fault you. So, um, that's my take on Tua. uh, Micah 30 is way too low. My friend, I understand he burned you and I know you hold grudges, but don't let it affect your analysis. Come on. It's but, not, it's not, <laughs> but anyways, uh, we, we can, um, uh we can move on uh to the next player um in the sixth and final quarterback that we're going to be talking about today and that is mr Derek carr and uh me and micah are close to lockstep here i have him ranked 27 micah have him at 25 and nate has him ranked at 18 and now this was the least uh extreme uh of the of the arguments so um, you know, but I will I will have uh, Nathan defend his ranking of him as a mid tier quarterback to, um, you know, uh, Derek Carr, age thirty. Um, go ahead and start that start that argument out, Nathan. Sure thing. Last three years, QB twelve, QB seventeen, QB fourteen. I I feel like that should be the end of my argument. Uh, he has finished as a mid-tier QB2 or better every year for the past three years. He's still only 30 years old, and they keep adding weapons around him. So I I don't uh, really see the downside for Derek Carr right now. Micah? I mean, I like Derek Carr. I don't love him. and It's more or less like I have him ranked at 25 essentially off of I started going how I would draft and I it's like he could be at I mean you have him at 18 and I feel like the highest I would have him is like 21 I don't think he would crack the top 20 for me but I would just take I just the upside of like Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones and Sam Darnold of something gets figured out there for him and Carolina. I think his ceiling is enough for me to want to take him over Derek Carr. And it kind of comes down to him and Kirk cousins who are essentially the same player. Um, Kirk is a little bit older, but I I could see their lifespan in the league lasting around the same time. 
And I just think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback. And I don't think Derek Carr's bad at all. He's just getting beat out by a bunch of guys who are younger and guys who I think just have higher ceilings for him because he's finally hit his 30s. So uh, he's still going to do good, but it's just for how long he's going to do good. And what if Gruden moves on? I don't know. Yeah, and I feel like I'm taking upside into account. I have some guys like rookies ranked ahead of him, but I have him ranked QB 18, and the lowest he's finished in the last three years is QB 17. So, well, you mentioned you mentioned his you mentioned his you mentioned his last twelve finish. I mean, last three finishes, but none of them were as good as Matt Ryan's last three finishes. And (laughs) there, the the, you have Matt Ryan ranked four spots below him. Uh, So let me. uh, I have a little bit different numbers here, uh, Nathan. uh, But this, I think, you (laughs) you might have points per game, which is a fair stat, and I think. The, the we're gravitating more towards that minor overall finishes. So this is a factoring in injuries he might've had and everything, which I think is also important to look at because durability is mm-hmm. important as well. Um, but his uh, here's my numbers for his entire career, uh, 14, 17, 20, 19, 12, 14, 20. So never fin- once he finishes quarterback 12 uh, as, as a finished uh, never did he, has he really cracked quarterback one? And I think that's kind of in real life how he's kind of seen. He's not really – he's very consistently mediocre, and that's great, but it's not, as we've seen, not going to win anybody any games. Uh, You you said that they added uh, weapons this offseason. I would say they lost lost this um, Mm offseason in Nelson Aguilar, uh, who was their number one receiver um, last season. Uh, you know, they have Henry Ruggs and John Brown, who, you know, you might say is better than Nelson Aguilar, but I – Kenyon Drake – Right. He might have a receiving back option. That's fair, but I just don't, I I don't see where the needle really moved from this season to last season. I would just rebut that point, but um, you know, he, he, in my opinion, he could not have a job next year. I mean, he's a guy that I think could be replaced in the draft if the Raiders are really bad. And uh, there's always Mariota kind of creeping back there. Who's not a bad quarterback. And, you know, if he has a bad four or five games, who yeah. knows, Mary, maybe Mariota sees the he field. He could Tannehill him. He can Tannehill him. And he's very streaky. He does have streaks of being very good for a minute, and then he all of a sudden is not as great and and, and doesn't uh, win the games he has to win. So I, I just – I think in real life he's easily replaceable. In fantasy, he doesn't really move the needle. So for me, he's not really somebody I'm, I'm clamoring to get. And I think, like, draft, I, I'm not comfortable having him as a quarterback too personally. Um, but, uh, Nathan, if you have anything to argue with any of the points I made, go ahead. Yeah. One on the Matt Ryan thing, he's six years younger than Matt Ryan. So that's why, um, if you're looking at points per game last year, he was QB 17. So, and I have him ranked QB 18. So again, I fail to see where I'm overrating the man. Yeah. I mean, do you disagree with my point that you think he's how, how long well, Mariota do you was there all 16 games last year and he didn't do shit. Well, he did come in and actually have a really good game, but that was because of Derek Carr's injury that he was gone for two games. But yeah, and then he was immediately thrown on the bench the rest of the season. Right, right. No, I mean, but I'm just saying in the future, do you see Derek Carr as being a stable guy for three, four years that like we like we want in Dynasty? Yeah, I think he's gonna be like a mid-tier QB two for the foreseeable future. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, and if he is that, I just think that those other guys right above him have higher ceilings to where you can still get guys who can end up having QB1 finishes, even though if you want to lock him in to have as your QB2 and he's just going to get your QB2 numbers, 
It's fine, but that doesn't win championships, Nathan. Yeah, it actually not win championships. Um, well, all right, guys. Let's uh, let's go ahead and close out the quarterback argument here. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, just to reiterate, uh, the guys we went over, um, we uh, that we disagreed on the most. We had Deshaun Watson, Trey Lance, Matt Ryan, Mac Jones, Tua Tagovailoa, and Derek Carr. Uh, so um, we actually might try to make some public file of some sort where you can see our rankings. Uh, maybe we can post that in the tab of this this episode. Um, and yeah, you can compare and look for yourself. Uh, but uh, we will move on uh, to the wide receivers here. And uh, we're going to talk about our six most uh, argue or uh, stratified in our rankings uh, receivers. And we're going to start out with uh, my receiver number three a guy that we've already kind of had some disagreements with on the podcast, but we're going to get into it a little bit more today. And that is Mr. Stefan Diggs, who is a 27 year old uh, powerhouse uh, fantasy receiver. Uh, and I have him ranked as the number three uh, receiver. Nathan has him ranked as seven uh, and Mike has him ranked as 13, which is as low. I literally scoured any, reputable fantasy source I knew of and looked at their dynasty rankings and nobody had him as low as 13. So um, I'll start out since I am, I'm the high guy and just say that he has been throughout his career consistently underrated, underdrafted, and I am stopping it here. I'm stopping the trend. We have to stop doing this to Mr. Stefan Diggs. Okay. Last year he had 127 receptions for 1500 yards Okay, eight touchdowns. He didn't even have as many touchdowns as he should have had, and he still was the wide receiver three last year. Uh, no, or I'm sorry, the uh, yeah, wide receiver three. Yep. Uh, there was no real receiving ap- options added. They lost John Brown. Uh, they did add Emmanuel Sanders, but that's a downgrade in my opinion. Um, and um, I, you know, I, I if anything, it's a wash. And I just think that it's going to be a lot of the same this year. I don't see anything changes. Him and Josh Allen have one of the best connections in the league. And we saw that this year. Josh Allen is a fantastic quarterback and can hit Stefan Diggs uh, on short route, mid-range routes and long routes. I mean, they are just connected and um, he's only 27. He still has a lot of elite years of play left. I think him and Josh Allen are going to be in Buffalo locked in together for a long time. His last four years, he's finished as wide receiver three, 24, which that was when he was with Thielen. But the year before that with Thielen, he finished wide receiver 10 and then 19 the year before that. So, I mean, he's shown the ability to be a wide receiver, even with another elite receiver there, but there's no other elite receiver. In fact, there's no other elite player besides Josh Allen on that offense. So uh, there, I just don't see how he's not going to be a target funnel in this offense and how for the next several years, he's not a guy that we're going to rank at least in your top, you know, Nathan has him at seven. I see that as the floor uh, for this season. So, um, you know, uh, Micah, you're the low guy, so we'll let you defend your ranking of him as a not a wide receiver one. Um, but, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I don't want to bust the balls of everyone who likes to go wide receiver at the beginning of drafts and get running backs later on, but you're making mistakes because Stephon Diggs is ranked more 13 for me just because the wide receiver position is a lot closer and denser compared to quarterback and running back. Like the top 10, 12 quarterbacks and running backs 
are more like the top 24 wide receivers. Wait, time out. What did, what does drafting running backs over or wide receivers over running backs well, have be, to do with Stefan? Because I feel like, <laughs> no, the, the, my thought process for this is that, you know, the top 10, 12 running backs and the top 10, 12 quarterbacks, like I have to have, like, I have to have like one or two of each of these guys on my team. Okay. We're ranking these relative to the position. I, 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 I know, I know, I know. But with wide receiver, I think you can miss out on the top like 12, 13, 14 guys and then stock up on other guys because the difference between top wide receivers to lower end wide receivers isn't as great. So there's just guys that I like more than Diggs. But and that because you're like, no one else has them ranked that low. And I'm like, I get that. But there just happens to be other guys that I like. And so that, and I feel like, like them, you like them. You think they're going to get more than a hundred. There's not as much of a gap between like, like I might, like, I really like think Stefan Diggs could end up being like maybe eight for me. And he's not that far off from everybody else. There's not as many gaps and tiers with wide receivers as there are with quarterbacks and running backs is what I'm trying to say. Okay. I get that, but he could, you could still draft him in the fourth round and he'd be your wide receiver too, because you're not drafting receivers yet. Like I'm, I'm not saying you would rank him that high. I'm just saying that like, him being ranked at third, that's not a defense of him being ranked at 13 in well, relation to your wide receiver. I, I just, I, like I said, I could have him eight or maybe even seven at the most, but I have him at 13, but I don't think it's like far gap and he's kind of in the same tier as those guys. So name it's a couple, just, I have him at 13. Like the four guys you have above him for me. All right, here are the four guys I have above him counting down. So at nine, I have Jamar Chase, 10, Mike Evans, 11, Allen Robinson and 12 Michael Thomas. They're all kind of around each other. I get Diggs is going way higher than them, but I kind of group him with those guys, and I would just, if I'm drafting, going to want to take those guys and have them on my team over Stephon Diggs. Okay, Nathan, go ahead and, and add. You're the, you're the middle guy here, so so yeah, say what you got to say about Stephon. Oh, I'm glad I get to speak. Um, yeah, he – my guy, I do think this is way too low. I get what you're saying about – like running backs, there is a much bigger difference from the number one overall to the number 12 overall. With rod receivers, the gap between the number one overall and the number 12 overall is much, much smaller. So I understand how that can make a guy seemingly fall very far, but he's actually in close proximity just with a bunch of others. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I do think he's too low. Um, that, that's the truth. My my concern with him, why I don't have him quite as high as Josiah, is just because he has been a bit inconsistent. He's kind of bounced between wide receiver one and wide receiver two, like the past four years. Uh, so, and uh, you know, the Bills aren't going to keep the same receiving core forever. Like they're going to probably draft yeah. someone else to be wide receiver two after this year, if I had to guess, or bring someone in. So it's not going to stay the same forever. And when there's been another receiver next to him, you know, he had a wide receiver 10 year, but he also had a wide receiver 20 something year, like you said. So um, that's my only concern, but I do think he's a guy that can obviously produce a top three season for you and uh, is obviously paired with a great quarterback. So that's why I'm kind of the middleman. All right. Yeah. I mean, my rebuttal to that point, and yeah, maybe they will bring in another elite, elite option, but I do think they're going to groom Gabe Davis. I think a good argument maybe is I'm a, I'm a big Gabe Davis fan. I think he's going to end up being the wide receiver too there. Um, but I mean, you know, they have Cole Beasley. I mean, it's not that they have bad options outside of him. They compliment him very well. It's just, he's the clear, you know, elite option. And you know, that works. I mean, that's what you want in fantasy and you guys might be right. Maybe they, but I would say there's other needs they have outside of 
receivers that they would probably look to fill. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, that's forecasting that far ahead. I mean, you know, it's, it's is anybody's yeah. guess but you know two of the guys you mentioned beasley and emmanuel sanders are like what 32 32 yeah they are older they're gonna have to bring in some youth definitely that's fair well they got isaiah mckenzie, isaiah but, uh, mckenzie. he's probably like 28 or something now too so. yeah i don't even know but uh all right well uh unless we any of us have anything to add we can move on to our second receiver here and our second receiver is mr cd lamb and uh me and or Oh yeah. Me and Nathan, uh, have him ranked similarly. Nathan has him at 10. I have him at 12. Well, Micah has him ranked as his number three receiver, number three receiver, everybody, uh, above everybody <laughs> except two people. Uh, so real quick, just refreshing who, uh, who are your number? It's Tyreek Hill and who's number two for you. AJ Brown. Even with Julio. Okay. Yeah, even okay. even with Julio, AJ Brown staying at number two. Mm. Okay. All right. So, okay. Well, this isn't about AJ. This is about CD Lamb. So, tell me how and why it's possible that CD Lamb can be the number three receiver. Because I think two through six, which is a group of AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, and Justin Jefferson. You have to depend why. I think that they're like a grouping of like the best young receivers that are going to be the top guys in the league. And that's why they're all up top. And then Tyree kills ahead of them, obviously, but he's a little bit older, but out of these younger guys, talent wise coming in CD lamb, I like the most out of all of them. And what I saw in his rookie year, I just absolutely adored, especially those first few games with Dak. He still produced with all these terrible quarterbacks at his side. And now he's going to be in a much more productive offense where I don't know if y'all have heard this stuff about Zeke, but Zeke's looking incredible, and a lot of people think he's about to tear it up this season, which is just going to help that offense even more, get him more touchdowns because that's what he is. Dude, he's like one of the best possession-catching receivers I've seen. And I just think his ceiling's so high, especially with Dak as his quarterback and that Cowboys offense and how horrid their defense is going to be going forward. He's going to be putting up points. And he's going to be scoring so much, and I think the numbers are going to speak for themselves. And I just, the way people look at Justin Jefferson is like the way I look at CD Lamb, essentially. Like, whatever people right. see when they you watch the film of Justin Jefferson, they're like, this guy's incredible. That's what I see with CD Lamb. Right. And you do have CD Lamb ranked above him. So I guess he has to be in that stratosphere. I understand. Mm-hmm. I just I can't I can't see it. I mean I look I think he's a great talent, a fantastic receiver. I don't take that away. He's in a crowded offense, and I still don't think he's going to be the number one option this year. Amari Cooper's uh, you know on the second this is the second or third year of a million dollar of a hundred million dollar contract. Um, so that's 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 it, not. It, gonna... it could be moved easily after twenty twenty two, the way they restructured yeah. it. Well, yeah, I mean, but he's going to be there for then two years at least. So yeah, that way I mean, you see he's you know, not getting double teamed. <laughs> right. I mean, but Amari's an incredible receiver, and I I, I think that uh, you know uh, C.D. Lamb is high, mostly a slot guy, which I ain't again, worried about Amari. Slot, slot guys aren't a, aren't an issue, but I mean, uh, you know, Dak's going to put up numbers. I definitely see the numbers being there. I just think all the other guys. I mean, that we're talking about. I mean, whether we're talking about Justin Jefferson with Adam Thielen, that's not nearly as much of a threat. None of us have Adam Thielen ranked in the hemisphere of where we're going, where we have Amari Cooper. So I just think because there's two elite options plus Zeke plus Tony Pollard, I think like Jarwin is a good tight end. I just think there's going to be enough distribution of the targets compared to guys like Stefan Diggs that I think are going to have target funnels uh, to where I don't think you're going to be able to 
depend on his fantasy consistency. Now, I have him ranked as a number one receiver, uh, as, as, as number 12, um, but I just don't, don't think he has high enough upside for the next couple of years for me to have him in the stratosphere that you do. Uh, Nathan, uh, what do you got to add to that? Yeah, what I'll say is with all those same receivers and running backs, when Dak was on the field last year, uh, he averaged 17.2 fantasy points per game. Not as, Blake Jarwin. As a rookie, yeah, he's so relevant. Uh, yeah, he's, he was averaging over 17 fantasy points per game in his first, like, what, four or five games with Dak on the field, even mm-hmm. with all those guys. And that was, you know, he was fresh on the field. He's going to be a year experienced. They're going to move him around and just get him touches wherever they can. Uh, I, I think he's a fantastic talent overall, like you said, Mike. I mean, I, I really do think he's up there with Justin Jefferson. Uh, Justin Jefferson has just proved it already for a whole season, yeah. but he also had his quarterback for the entire season. So uh, I, I do think a lot of CeeDee Lamb, I just can't rank him quite that. Yeah, you're you're arguing with me more than him, but me and you are like having him right there, and, 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 Nate, and Mike is seven spots away from you. So, like Mike has said, like it really is tight gaps here. We're talking with the receiver class. This is why you can wait on these guys because there's a lot of depth here. But yeah, especially with a guy who has only had a rookie season and only had like five games with Dak, it's he has a lot of fluctuation on where people rank him. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, most, I think 12 is a lower ranking of him than what I typically see, but uh, three is also a higher ranking, which is why we have him featured on this episode. And Um, if it is too crowded of a receiver room for an entire season, Michael Gallup is only signed through this next season anyway. So I didn't even mention Gallup. He's good too, but yeah, you're right. He'll be gone after this year. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, all right, let's move on to number three. And uh, this is going to be one of the uh, team, two receivers on a team argument here. And it's going to be the two Tampa Bay receivers, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. So um, for my rankings, I have Chris Godwin ranked 13 as a high end rec- uh, wide receiver two and Mike Evans at 19 as a mid to low uh, wide receiver two. Uh, Micah has Chris Godwin ranked 24 as a very low wide receiver two and Mike Evans 10 as a wide receiver one. Uh, and Nathan has them ranked uh, very closely uh, having Chris Godwin at 15 and Mike Evans at 18. Um, so Micah, I think we got to start with you again, bud. How is Mike Evans 10 first and how is Chris Godwin 24 second? Because I've spoken so highly of Mike Evans on this podcast many a times. Dude, ever since he was in college and won Johnny Manziel, his Heisman, and all he's done every year of his career is produce over a thousand yard season. And dude, he's the best receiver on that team. Like, whatever, like people want to rank Chris Godwin ahead of him. And I see both of you did, but I still think Mike Evans is a better receiver than he is and I don't know if Chris Godwin's staying on the Bucks. I don't know where he's heading after this season and then I don't know what the Bucks situation is after Tom Brady either which could hurt Mike Evans as well but I just think with having Jameis and then Fitzpatrick and they're always wheeling something I think we had Mike Glennon for a little bit when Jameis was hurt for some time and he's just consistently produced every single time and I think it's um, his game's going to age gracefully to where he is going to be able to be um, this guy who's going to make it to like 35 and is it going to flame out from losing his athleticism and losing a step? 
like is he still going to be at worst like at that point like as a red zone monster and still getting you touchdowns? So I like where his career trajectory is going for Dynasty and Chris Godwin. You know I, he was hurt last year and I don't want to hold it against him because I never like doing that with injuries. But there's just such a crowded place in Tampa. I think he's going to end up being like the third target. I think it's going to be Mike Evans and then somebody out of Antonio Brown and Gronk as the target number two. And then he might end up just being the oddball out. And part of it too is I just, he kind of slipped at number 24 for me just because of everyone I wanted to draft in front of him. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to take him over guys like Claypool and LaVisca and Galladay and T Higgins like these are just guys that I think have higher ceilings for him for themselves and could end up being way better on your team and helping you like every single year just have a guy you can just start a wide receiver not worry about so Chris Godwin had one incredible season he still played good when he played this past year but I still just like so many other guys more than I like Chris Godwin so like I said it's not that I hate Chris Godwin there's just much more talent out there. And wherever he's getting drafted, I just advise. That's why when I traded down with you in our startup draft and you took Chris Godwin, Josiah, I traded down because I looked at it and I was like, huh, like Chris Godwin and all these other guys are the best receivers left in this category. I'm going to trade down. So I think he's just going too high. If you already have him, good for you. Keep him. But I wouldn't be drafting him as the AP. All right. Well, Nathan, why don't you go next? Um, you you give your rebuttal again. Your rankings are fifteen and eighteen. Um, uh, fifteen being Chris Godwin and Mike Evans being eighteen, so not far apart. But you still have Chris Godwin above. Uh, so tell us why. Yeah, they're basically neck and neck. And Micah, admittedly, I have Mike Evans probably a little too low. But again, he's in like the same tier with a bunch of guys that I haven't ranked with. But uh, the yeah, main I get it. Godwin is three, four years younger. And so mm-hmm. I, uh, I put him in that way. So he's ranked a bit higher for me, but they're neck and neck. Uh, Mike Evans, I admit, is amazingly consistent. And I do agree he's going to age well just because even when he's old, he's still going to be able to take the ball off top of receiver mm-hmm. corners' heads, kind of like tight ends do. So, um, yeah, I probably need to move him up my board, but. That being said, I do think he has a little bit limited upside. Uh, the last three seasons in total points, he's finished wide receiver 11, 14, and 9, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and the one he, rec- he got to be wide receiver 9 in, um, that was the year Jameis threw for 5,000 yards and went off. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he's had Jameis that uh, season and seasons before, and then he's obviously had Tom Brady. It's just kind of uncertain what he's going to have after Brady. Uh, I do like Trask. I'm not in love with Trask, but he is much more limited as a passer. So um, just just a little bit concerned about his future prospects. But like you said, Chris Godwin isn't tied down to that same situation, so um, that may go into it some as well. Uh, and Chris Godwin, like you said, he's he's just been a very good receiver. He's produced like last year. He's you uh, mentioned he got injured, so he was wide receiver twenty six overall in total points. But he still finished as wide receiver fourteen in points per game. So basically, a very high end wide receiver two for you. So and that's kind of where I have him ranked. He's still twenty five years old. He could sign somewhere and be the number one receiver on an offense, or he could have another year where he's the number one receiver for the Bucks. Uh, you know who knows? So. 
they're they're neck and neck, but I just like uh, Godwin's youth, and uh, I like how he's not tied down to an uncertain situation going forward. All right. Um, well, uh, I have Chris Godwin ranked at 13, so I'm the highest on him, and Mike Evans at 19, which so makes me the lowest by one spot. Um, so, you know, I, I parrot a lot of what, what uh, Nathan said there, um, but I would just add having him at 10, Mike Evans. Okay, his last – yeah, I have similar uh, numbers here. So I uh, have his last uh, five seasons here. That's 11, 15, 9, 17, and 19. So having him ranked as the 10th receiver in uh, year 27 when he hasn't finished as a top 10 receiver except once in the past five years – doesn't really compute to me i don't see how he's that high other than you drafted him and wanted him to be that high but uh you know uh I, I, you also mentioned that uh you know guys like iuk and higgins you think have higher upside well chris godwin finishes the wide receiver too so you think all those guys have higher upside than wide receiver too i mean that clearly chris godwin has complete elite upside and uh, you know, that's why I have him ranked as a very high end wide receiver too. In fact, the highest wide receiver too, you can be at 13. Um, I will say this when healthy, if both of them are healthy all season, I expect they're going to put up similar stats. Uh, one thing about Mike Evans is last year, especially he was very touchdown dependent. He had 13 touchdowns on 70 receptions. That ratio is insane. That's not going to happen again. That's what so, he does. He's a six, five receiver. No, but 70. Yeah, seven, 13 touchdowns on seven receptions is, is, is completely, you know, he had a couple of games where he had two receptions for two touchdowns and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, I'm, that's not going to happen again, I don't think. And, uh, you know, when healthy, I think they'll put up similar stats, but the age separation and also the fact that, as uh, Nathan mentioned, that uh, Chris Godwin, I don't think him going to free agency and being the number one receiver on a team is, is, is going to end up being a bad thing for him if that ends up happening. So uh, anyway, it goes, I'd rather have Chris Godwin, um, but I don't think Mike Evans is a bad guy to have. I just think he's a, you know, later in wide receiver two and definitely not a wide receiver one. All right. Our fourth wide receiver argument, uh, debate, debacle, dispute, all right, that's all the D words I can think of. It's going to be between a similar situation with Godwin and Evans, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Chase Claypool. Now, you might be asking, why are we not talking about Deontay Johnson in this argument? It's actually because we all had Deontay Johnson ranked almost at the exact same spot at 29, 30, and 32. Um, so we didn't feel like that was worth arguing about. We all agree. He's a you know low-end wide receiver, or mid-tier wide receiver three. Um, but Juju and Claypool, we had a wide disparity in our rankings. Um, I am the high guy on Juju having him at 26 uh, and Claypool at 33 being the low guy. So I'm the extreme at both ends. Um, Nate has uh, Juju at 34 and uh, Claypool at 22. So he sees a Claypool as a as a, a, a full you know tier better than than Juju, and then uh, Micah has uh, also uh, Claypool at twenty two. So they have the same ranking there, but he has Juju all the way down at forty. So outside of the wide receiver three range. So um, I guess uh, I'm the extreme at both ends. So I guess I can start on this one. Um, let me start out by saying that Juju Smith Schuster is being slept on so hard. 
because he's not he's he's defied the expectations that he had after his breakout rookie and sophomore year uh where um you know he he had incredible finishes and it was projected he was going to be the next great fantastic top five wide receiver no that didn't happen we admit that but he still was the number one wide receiver fantasy and otherwise on the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. He finished as the wide receiver 17 where Claypool finished as the wide receiver 29. And I know you're going to say Claypool's a rookie, but guess what? They're less than a year apart in actual age. Get out of here. I'm not going to sit here and rank them tiers apart over age. That's not even an argument. Juju Smith-Schuster is 24 years old. He's still has going to grow into his prime. He's not even there yet. And, you know, I understand there's some maturity issues and people don't like that he does TikTok dances or whatever. But Juju Smith-Schuster has consistently been great. His last two years, he's finishes – well, he was injured uh, the year before last, but his last two healthy years, he finishes wide receiver 17 and wide receiver 8. So, I mean, you know, uh, look – Claypool, on the other hand, is one of the most overhyped players, in my opinion. He was completely touchdown dependent and was completely dependent. His wide receiver 29 finish was completely dependent on his 40-point, 48-point game or whatever he had. He broke 22 other times, and then almost every other time, you didn't want to start him last year. Uh, I mean, you know, he had a 12-point game here there and be startable, but it wasn't anything to ride home about. And he had a lot of bust games. Big Ben is not be passing downfield and getting him a lot of those big, huge touchdown passes. He's going to be nailing his short routes to his trusty receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster. And I, I, you know, I understand Juju could have left and he re-signed for less money with the Steelers, but if anything, I think they're going to value that and honor that. And, and I, I really don't see why Juju Smith-Schuster is not going to be the number one receiver on the team again this year. Deontay Johnson had a couple of more targets, but had so many drops that they know they can't depend on him. Juju Smith-Schuster is great after the catch. He catches the ball. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he is kind of confined to a slot receiver role, but uh, he's really just being slept on. And, um, you know, I do think he's going to be the number one wide receiver on the team. I think Claypool is way overhyped. I, I think he's a good talent, but I don't think he's ever going to be. He's going to be just like, you know, uh, we're getting getting to a couple of these other guys, but these guys, these guys that win you the week, but you can never know when to start them. And I just, I don't. I don't think he's bad. He's a wide receiver three for me, but I wouldn't want him as my wide receiver one or two at all. So um, that's that's that. Uh, we'll let uh, whoever wants to get into it next. You guys kind of have similar uh, rankings with, with Claypool. Uh, Nathan's a little bit higher on Juju, so whoever wants to get into it, go ahead. Uh, I'll start. Um, yeah, you talk about how inconsistent he is, but he had nine games over ten points. Uh, to put that in perspective, Justin Jefferson had 10 games over 10 points, so literally one game. Okay, but, the, but his 10 points were like the, – the, was outside of that 44-point game and those 20-point games, it wasn't anything yeah, impressive. 14. Outside of all his best performances of the season. <laughs> Justin Jefferson like, consistently like getting over 20 points, and, 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 and like that's yeah, – it's not quite the same. But, six games yeah, over points. Dude, he finishes the wide receiver six, and Claypool finishes the wide receiver twenty-nine. I, I'm aware one of them like was. Getting How are they being compared anywhere in the same range of? Okay. No, but you're talking about how inconsistent he is. But you have Justin Jefferson ranked that high, and he only had like one less game of less than ten points than Claypool did. 
So he had he not, had a couple of completely like two three point one catch games like and not just in the beginning of the season like throughout the season scattered out where he was healthy and on the field but it was completely nameless in the game and 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 he is the third option on that team it goes Juju Smith Schuster Deontay Johnson and Claypool gets the least amount of targets and I think that's going to be the case this year so I you know uh Deontay is only 25 so they're all the same age I don't think that Claypool being the youngest on the team really means much it's um, not a matter of youth it's a matter of inexperience he only had one season in the NFL and he literally finished like one fantasy point per game less than Juju Smith-Schuster in his rookie season, one point less per game as a rookie. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the upside of got the guy that's six foot four, 235 pounds and runs a four, four, two. Like his upside is so much higher than Juju's. He's ba- he's DK Metcalf frame and speed. Let's let, let me say a little something about Chase Claypool here. Exactly what you were just saying, Nathan. See, Josiah, you're talking about Juju growing into something. He's never going to grow into the body that Chase Claypool has. And, dude, there's DK Metcalf, and Chase Claypool is number two of just the receivers I look at and go, my God. Like, he is a mammoth of a human being. And he also had a 56.9% catch rate this past season. So he was just snagging the ball around every single time. They were running jet sweeps for him at the goal line, a rookie. They're already game planning for him and around him, dude. His rookie year, just throwing in little things like that and force feeding him the ball when they get down late. Like they see what, what they see in Claypool, what they think is going to be a, you know, guy that maybe next year we're ranking in the top like eight, seven receivers. I think he could make that jump this season or the next. His ceiling's incredibly high. Juju's is not. I think we know what Juju is. And it's I think it's just Juju, a decent receiver that what's that I just don't think is going to be the number one option. And I think Chase Claypool is just going to excel and he could dude, he could his ceiling is just so incredibly high that I'm that's why, dude. I have him ranked one spot ahead of LaVisca. And you know how much I love LaVisca and think he's gonna be incredible. And I still think I would take Claypool over him if I had to part with one of them. I think I would take Claypool. So I think that's just speaking out for how like much of a freak I think Claypool is. Yeah. And look, I have them ranked close. I don't want this to sound like I hate Claypool or anything, but I yeah. mean, do you guys really think that he's going to be the number mm-hmm. one receiver this year? Or yep. it, his, rookie, forward? his rookie season, he had more receiving yards than Juju did last year. He mm-hmm. already outproduced him in yardage and touchdowns. The only thing Juju did better is get more catches. More catches. So, and I just think that Big Ben's arm at the beginning of last year was still there a little bit. We saw what happened. It went bye-bye. And that might happen again this year. Maybe it'll start out and Big Ben can air it out a little bit. But it's not going to last all year. They're going to give Big Ben the year. And they're still going to probably be a decent team that wins. It's, it's around 500. So and my thing is it's just there's three really great receivers. I, I agree that all of them in the situation they're in limits each other's upside. But – I mean, Juju is really being slept on, and he's really disliked because, of, like, personally by a lot of people. And I think it bleeds over into these rankings. Uh, he finishes the wide receiver eight and seventeen. So when you say things like he's shown us who he is, Micah, yeah, I agree. He's shown us he's a number one, number two receiver, and not receiver forty. So I mean, I don't know how ranking him there makes any sense in any world. But uh, you know, 
even me at 26, that's worse than he's finished the past two seasons. And here's the thing, even he probably is, he might move on from the Steelers next year and end up in a better position. So, I mean, I just, I don't see why Juju has slept on quite as hard. I don't, I don't quite have as much argument with you guys as argument on Claypool. Cause I think he does have the potential to be elite. My ranking of him at 33 is difficult, but I, it's because I, uh, of the offense that he's in and I, I don't see him getting more targets uh, than Juju and Deontay, and I don't see him getting the down-the-field targets that he got last year. Um, and, you know, Nathan, you mentioned only have a one point less per game, but if you took that 44-point game and made it a normal game, and I know, you know, you could make an orange a lemon and it would be more sour, but I, I what I'm saying is that, uh, you know, it's – If my had feels, he'd be a bite. I would rather I would rather have the consistent guy that gets me 15 to 20 points a week than the guy that gets me 44 points one week and then four points the next. That's just personally the way I would rather have these guys. Now, you can have a little bit of both. I'm not saying it's not a definite statement that I'm never going to draft those guys. It's just in general, I would rather have consistency. But unless we got anything else to add on Claypool or Juju, we can move on and go to our final two arguments of the episode. I'll add that last year, Juju had two games that were worse fantasy-wise than Claypool's worst. So just throwing that out there. Okay. Uh, I I would like to add 0.6 points. He also finished 12 spots better than him on the season. In points per game, he certainly didn't. Yes, he did. You said he did. He finished a point higher in points per game. You yeah, one point, was... not like not receiver ranking. 12. Oh, I, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, I'm saying like one fantasy point per game. So yeah, 16 over the whole year, basically. Hey, I beat you by like less than a point, and well, no, it was it was like two points in the in the playoffs. Never mind. Uh, anyways, uh, we will move on. The last argument of a man with no argument left. Hey, except that he's a winner. That's my last argument. Uh, moving on to LaVisca Chenault, number five. And I'm going to be the guy that's getting ganged up on here because I have him ranked at 38. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I can't let this slide. I'm pretty sure Juju was the reason you lost in the playoffs because he had 2.5 games. I didn't have him on my team. <laughs> I didn't have him on my team that, that last season. And I tried to <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah. He, your point is moot. He was uh, He still wouldn't have helped you. Yeah, your, your clutch winner. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyways, our fifth guy that we're going to talk about here is Mr. LaVisca Chenault. And uh, I'm going to be the guy looks like getting ganged up on here. Um, I have him ranked at 38. Uh, Micah has him ranked at 23. He's the high guy and Nathan at 28. So somewhere in the middle, uh, Micah, you're the high guy. So why don't you start out? Well, first off, he's just that dude. He is going to be the top option in the Jaguars offense. That's going to be a completely revamped, a great offense on a team. That's going to barely miss the playoffs if they don't reach their full potential, which will be winning the division. But I do think the offense is going to be greatly improved. He's going, to, he's going to be a great red zone threat. So I think that just improves his stock a ton because he's going to be really seeing the ball where he needs to be seeing it the most. And I just I – well, I love what Urban's going to bring to that team and what they're going to use him in. So he's going to get tons of touches. And I do, they're going to do wacky shit down in Jacksonville. And I want whatever they're going to scheme up for LaVisca. So he's better than DJ. He's bigger than him. He's a better talent. The way he moves the ball, I've never seen a receiver do it. 
and that's why I'm dude. I couldn't put him past Claypool, just because Claypool I think is going to be the like absolute like target hog eventually of Pittsburgh, and Jacksonville will be a bit more spread out. But I think he's going to be the most productive in that. And so I think it's going to be hefty going forward. I like LaVisca, and everyone go get him. Go get LaVisca. Yeah, I'll, right. follow that up. I'll follow that up with uh, yeah, LaVisca is awesome. If you watch his tape from last year, he is basically a running back that's also very, very good at playing wide receiver. But he's exactly the kind of guy that Irvin Meyer has loved to give touches to in the past when he was calling – the plays at Florida and at Ohio State. So I think he has a lot of upside in that offense. He has been the talk of their OTAs. Like everything coming out of their OTAs is that LaVisca has been the most impressive receiver on that team. Uh, apparently Urban has loved what he's seen as well. I think he's going to get a lot of touches, like even sweeps and stuff like that. We saw he's very good doing that last year. Uh, like I say, he's basically a running back uh, that's really good at playing wide receiver. Mikey, you said he's bigger than DJ Chark. He's not quite as tall, but he's like 15 pounds, 20 pounds yeah. heavier. Um, yeah, he's basically like Todd Gurley size, 6'1", 227 mm-hmm. pounds. And he has a lot of power. Uh, he's deadly after the catch. So, um, yeah, I mean, he produced almost 700 yards and five touchdowns in 14 games last year. And that's with a um, terrible Jags offense that has a whole new coaching staff and Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, I, I think he's going to take a big jump this year. I think he's going to be the wide receiver to have on that Jags offense. Yeah, so I have him at 38, which is low. It's outside of a wide receiver three. That is uh, definitely outside of consensus. Most people have him ranked as a wide receiver three, closer to where Nathan has him ranked than when than where uh, than where Micah does. But that being said, I do think he's a very high upside guy who can make me look dumb. I think that DJ Chark is a very good receiver and I'm not ready to quite bury him yet. And uh, Nathan mentioned uh, that uh, he's basically a, a running back. That's really good at being a receiver. Well, they just drafted a guy who is an actual running back. That's really good at being a receiver. And all the hype out of OTAs that I'm hearing is that uh, ETN is going to have a very, very uh, involved pass catching role. So I, I just, I, I don't see how you, you guys aren't, worrying about that that you know breaking into lavisca's uh potential upside um and i say potential because he hasn't shown it now again he didn't have trevor lawrence throwing to him last year but his stats were as follows 58 catches 600 yards uh four touchdowns uh that's that he finishes the wide receiver 45 that's not wide receiver two material now of course he was a rookie he had a horrible quarterback i definitely think he's going to be higher which is why i have him in the 30s as opposed to in the 40s but I, I don't I don't really see him being wide receiver one material. You guys are both higher on him than me, and I could be wrong, but it just seems like he's going to have a hard time carving out this role in an offense where Urban Meyer didn't draft him. And it's like, you know, DJ Chark's going to be the X receiver. We know that. Like you said, he's 6'4". He's going to be that outside guy. ETN, I feel like, is going to be getting a lot of these short slot pass catching screens. Uh, so I just, you know, I worry about where exactly LaVisca is going to make his heyday. Um, now he's going to have some great games and I think he's talented, but I just don't know how he's going to emerge as the number one option. Uh, he's the most talented. 
would be my argument. Uh, he's be- he's a much better receiver than Etienne is. Like it's not even close. So Etienne's not going to be this wide receiver two on that team. And so even if that is what LaVisca is, Etienne's not beating him out for that. Well, he uh, doesn't have to be the wide receiver two. He can get forty five targets and cut into. 30 of them that LaVisca would have gotten. That's my point. Make him what, the wide receiver three on the team? It doesn't matter what position. It's the fact that if he they did No, but I'm saying like that. LaVisca would have had those targets. passing touches to go around to like feed that many mouths. And you're much higher on ETN than I am. But LaVisca does a lot of what ETN does, but better. So did LaVisca not? He has more power than ETN. He's bigger than ETN. And he's a better receiver. I'm not comparing him to what I'm saying is, oh, does he not take a bump when, when they draft ETN in the first round and are carving out a pass catching role? That's not anything you're concerned about at all. Like you've read those reports, right? Yeah. Yeah. I also just read a report on sleeper that they're building the offense around LaVisca. Like that is the number one report on right. sleeper right now. So and that uh, might be the case. And, and when I see it, weapon. so if you want to go by reports, yeah. Well, no, I, when I see it, I'll believe it. But DJ Chark has shown that he can be an elite receiver. I haven't quite seen, I mean, yes. 58 catches and only getting 600 yards out of it isn't, that's not, not great. I mean, especially when he's supposed to be this yards after catch guy. You're also leaving out his rushing yardage. I mean, he had almost 700 total yards and five touchdowns in 14 games. Oh, 700. He had like 100 rushing yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had almost 700. I thought you were saying he had 700 rushing yards. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> 700. <laughs> you <just> like, <laughs> That'd be incredible. Oh, yeah. That was in 14. <laughs> you're talking about Juju, and he had what, 130 or 850 yards in 16 games. So it's not that different. I mean, I get, yeah. And, you know, they're ranked somewhere in the similar range. I mean, they're, they're 10 spots apart, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I understand. Um, you know, I just I haven't seen it with LaVisca yet. I, I I think he's very talented. I don't know that the Jag system is even going to work in general with anybody. So I need to see that for anybody. And I actually have him and DJ Chart ranked back to back because I'm not certain, but I do have Chart ranked one spot above him. Um, so, anyways, uh, if you guys got anything to add about LaVisca, go ahead. And if not, we'll get into our final argument of the night. Let's move on to the Virgin. Yes, the man who writes poems about his abstinence. It is Tyler Lockett. And uh, we have a really fun gradation here. We have him pretty much 10 spots uh, apart. So pretty much a full tier or wide receiver ranking apart uh, here. So um, uh, we have uh, Micah having him at uh, wide receiver 27. uh, Nathan having him at 36. And I have him at 46. Uh, so we got a wide receiver uh, three, a high-end wide receiver three, a high-end wide receiver four, and a high-end wide receiver five. So uh, let's uh, let's let's talk about that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, anyways, uh, so anyways, um, I guess should I get into it since I'm so low on him? Do y'all want me to go you first? You love or? him so much. You need to All talk right, about so him because you can't stop. I hate him. Fuck him. He's my least favorite player in the NFL. He's one of the least consistent players in fantasy uh, as far as he has these huge breakout games and then everybody clamors to start him. And then like the next week he gets like eight points and uh, you know, he's highly injured. He's been injured throughout his career. Uh, He's had some pretty scary injuries in fact, Um, but 
Uh, he's not very durable. They just drafted Dwayne Haskins in the second round when their first pick they had in the draft, who's going to threaten his targets, and I think is fantastic. And with DK locking up that number one role, I really do think as the years go by, Tyler Lockett's role is going to get more phased out. Now, they did just pay him. He's not going to go away completely. But I do think Dwayne Eskridge will slowly take over that wide receiver two role, not this year, but in the future going forward. And so, you know, um, you, I have a note here. You, we mentioned at the beginning, he writes poems about uh, abstinence. So I don't know. Maybe you're into that. I'm not. Uh, it has nothing to do with his fantasy value, just to make that clear. It's all, oh, no, no, like no. It. I, it does. If you are, if you're fucking, you're going to put up a better game. That's 100%. It's, 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 it's known. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Gandhi couldn't. Uh, yeah, you know, I do think also the Seahawks are, and this is just for me with the, I have, you know, DK ranked a little bit lower than most. Um, and for me, the Seahawks, I do think they're clearly trying to, you know, uh, stop airing it out as much as they did last year. They fired their offensive coordinator because of that, reports say. And, uh, you know, they've brought in a run centric offensive coordinator. So, I'm not super thrilled about the prospect. I mean, of course, it's Russell Wilson. He's going to put up numbers. But, you know, when there's three receivers and one that I know is going to be a target funnel in DK, I'm, I'm worried about Tyler Lockett going for. He's 28 years old. Uh, he isn't getting any, uh, you know, better. Uh, you know, he's he's uh, and he's been in the league <laughs> for six years, and only three of those was he even fantasy viable. The other three, he, he was finished as, uh, in the 40s and the 50s. No, it's true. Look, look, the, the last three. Oh, I, oh, we'll get to it. Keep going. Uh, so, so I mean, and, and a lot of that had to do with injury, but that goes back to my point of him being not durable. So, you know, um, that's 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 my spiel on Tyler Lockett. Uh, I know everybody else is going to have him higher. He's the guy that I'm not touching with a ten foot pole. Um, but it's not just it's not just for the personal reasons so that's that's mainly a joke guys in case you couldn't read the sarcasm but i just I, he's the guy i've had him on a team before and he'll go off and i'll put him and then he'll screw me and then i'll bench him and it's just not fun it's not a game i'm trying to play with tyler lockett um so uh i guess the next logical place to go would be to micah who has him ranked at uh 27 well there's a reason why i have him ranked at 27 and that reason is because he just got a four-year deal from the Seahawks. He's going to have defenses like circling their game proud of how to contain Russell Wilson and Chris Carson and DK Metcalf out of the receiver. Tyler Lockett's going to be the forgotten guy. And they brought in Dwayne Eskridge in the draft, one of their few draft picks they had, brought in some other receivers, signed Gerald Everett. Um, dude, he's had this connection with Russell for years. Like he seamlessly took over the Doug Baldwin role that everyone coveted for a while. And he's been, I think he's been doing very well with it and he's going to continue doing it. That's why they paid him this money because him and Russ are tight like that. And such a good connection where I, I think, I'll think all the stuff of him leaving Seattle isn't true. And I think that part of it is them giving the money to lock. It was probably like a demand by Russ that's like, I want to stay here like you need to pay Tyler to be around here as like one of my options as receivers and I think that goes into a huge part of why he's going to get you know I'm going to say funnel the ball but if DK is getting double triple teamed and he's able to play a lot in the slot and get open and you know succeed like he has in that Seahawks offense um, I'm going to take him over all these guys behind him because from like where I'm taking him at 27 to where you have him at 36 Nathan everyone except for Julio Jones is a rookie or they're on a rookie contract. 
and there are a bunch of guys who like I know how good they can be, and they and some of them are probably gonna end up better than Tyler Lockett. But I know for the next four to five seasons, I'm about to have Tyler Lockett as a big receiving threat for Russell Wilson, who's still in the prime of his career and who I think are going to start throwing the ball more. So I see no reason why his production is going to go down. I think it might actually go up. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of buying into Lockett going forward for the next few years. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. Um First of all, I have him ranked too low, honestly. And Josiah, for you, (laughs) how many games do you think he's missed in his six-year career? Well, I know he had the big crazy leg injury with the hospital. That had to be at least like four or five games. What? He's only missed one game in his entire career. That can't be true. Do you know what I'm talking about? He had a crazy contusion on his I leg. I think it happened. I think it happened died. week 16. I think it happened week 16. Oh, maybe, maybe. He, yeah, he had like I a life-threatening injury. He has missed one game. Okay. I think that's when it happened. Well, then that makes my stat about him only having three viable seasons even worse. But well, I do- you also didn't mention that they were the three most recent seasons. And you said well, yeah. No, no, and you said he's not getting better. I said his three last seasons were good. No, you didn't. But next, you, you said the tape. I did. You said he's not getting better in 2018 in total fantasy points. 2018, he was wide receiver 16. 2019, wide receiver 12. 2020, last year, wide receiver eight. He's gotten better each of the last three years. So what do you mean he's not getting better? He's getting better. He's only missed one game in his entire career, and he honestly isn't as big of a boomer bust as people think he is. He had nine games. He of had over- one. He had one season where it was like that. Yeah, he had one season where he had like three huge games, and and he has like else. boom games. But last year he had nine games of over ten mm-hmm. points and only seven under. And his lowest score all season was five point three points. There were a lot and, of wide receivers that did finish better that had worse games than that. So and y'all remember in um, twenty eighteen in our redraft league, I took Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, later on, and he was like a huge staple of my, he was my wide receiver too throughout the entire season and, mm. you know, helped me do so well that year. So I'm with you, Nathan. I don't like the hate. Yeah. It's just, I don't think any of the points stand up to, to the data. Um, like I said, he had nine games of over 10 points. That's one less than Justin Jefferson who had 10 games of over 10 points. So there's not I don't know what this 10 point thing is. I'm not happy if somebody scores 10 points. I mean, it's fine. It's not a bust, but that's not your wide receiver. Why is that your threshold? But okay. So a couple of things he did. uh, He did. uh, Yeah. Break. uh, Okay. Here we go. This is about to hurt your feelings. Yeah. It was in week 15. So I guess earth, week six so he would have missed week 17 that was it but okay i did remember a, a, a severe injury and assumed he missed a large part of the season because he had so many bad seasons before these last couple ones but um but <laughs> doug baldwin left he, doug baldwin was there and now he's gone he took that roll over right the worst but, season he had was like what 600 plus yards I mean, it was like wide receiver 48 or something around where I have him ranked. But I agree. It's it's much lower than probably necessary. I could probably bump him up a couple of spots. Um, I just – I really don't trust him to play him. I get I, – I, I understand some of, some of the points you're making. Um, 
but I mean, he's, he's, he's not depend. Even that wide receiver eight finish is super inflated by the one game. And I know those one games matter. They've, but I'd rather have 60 points spread across three weeks instead of win one match, because I'm going to win if I have two 20 point players versus the 60 is just overkill. Like I, as I experienced uh, with Alvin Kamara in the fantasy championships against Micah, but anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, guys. Uh, you know, uh, Micah, anything to add about about Lockett and my hatred of him or anything? I, I just honestly believe that his career, he could be honestly hitting like a stretch where he's hitting like his prime, his best seasons. Like Nathan, you said, he improved each year. Maybe he could hover around that wide receiver like 10 mark for the next three or four seasons. Yeah, I mean, the past two years, he's been a wide receiver one. So, De- so right now, DK, you- Metcalf, DK Metcalf's going to be the wide receiver three, as you have him ranked, Nathan, and then and then and then he's going to be a wide receiver. Oh, 10 I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, possibly he could end up doing like I think his ceiling is because that's like unprecedented worst, like, passing numbers from the. No, ceiling. I'm just, I mean, he finished wide receiver eight last year with yeah, DK. With so I don't know what's going to happen between is- injuries with other guys and other stuff. So that's where usually game. what happens is guys end up finishing more because guys ahead of them get hurt and miss games and whatnot and so when we see the final but yeah i think with his durability and what he's going to produce um if you, you can get him as your wide receiver three that's killer like get two like really solid young guys at one and two and if you have tyler lockett at number three like you're winning a bunch of games and even if you break it down by points per game last year dk was wide receiver eight and lockett was wide receiver 11 like they're not that far apart <laughs> But that was, you know, DK's first or second year. I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, he's he's 28 years old. He's getting to the point where the receivers were unless I think older than Diggs. That's one year older than. Listen, 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 what I was about to say. My sentence was about to be unless I think they're elite. Once they're 28 or 29, I'm starting to fade receivers unless I think they're elite. I don't think Tyler Lockett is elite. And and I, I, you know. That, that that's you know I, I again I could bump him up some but I'm not going to I'm not drafting him anywhere and this is the clear proof that I am not going to get him anywhere um, and honestly Nathan you you know where he's going at 36 you might not get him there either because he is going going before that he's yeah that's why I say I have him ranked too low like right right looking at the what he's done. Right. No, I, you know, I get it. And, and I do want to clarify when I said he's not getting any better. I just kind of meant, I guess he has gotten better in the past. I'm not projecting him to be better in the future is what I mainly meant by that. But you were right to, to correct me in that he's built on top of his past three seasons, certainly. So um, anyways, uh, guys, that was a really fun episode, really long episode. Um, but uh, we appreciate you all for sticking in and listening with us. Um, please uh, like us and follow us and subscribe to us. P- feel free to message us on uh, whether it's Reddit or Sleeper or wherever you might have uh, came across us. Uh, we, we'd love to hear your questions and, and answer. Give, you, give us your thoughts. We're going to try to put up our rankings of, at, uh, in this episode in the box. If not, again, feel free to message us and we'll be glad to send that to you. And um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Guys, got anything to add before we before we head out? I'm not doing it for free. You're gonna have to give me tree fifty. Tree fifty, okay. Or send okay. nudes. What do you, I take okay. that as payment? Micah says send nudes. Okay. We I, will might. Take, I will take drugs. 
All right. All so right. That, that will be 350 nudes or drugs. If you have any of that, you can have our services. So uh, <laughs> uh, with that, this is Josiah, Micah, and Nathan. Fantasy Dogs out.